Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. Welcome to another GigoCast episode where we cover 10 topics and trailers in as close to an hour as possible. My name's Kelton, and joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Grift. How is it going? It's good. Uh, I've been enjoying watching my uh, new favorite TV show, uh, The War in Ukraine. <laughs> um, I, I can't. I cannot wait till we get the, the Christopher Nolan movie adaptation called, like, Kiev. Please, no. Where, uh, Dear God. Yeah, where uh, Jeremy Renner uh, lifts Thor's hammer before Putin can snap his fingers. <laughs> Seeing the fan casting take place with Jeremy <laughs> Renner as the Ukrainian president and then also everyone just kind of cross-layering Marvel memes all over everything is uh, is not great for my optimistic view of society and our ability to process trauma. Yeah, the, the like Marvel, Harry Potter, Star Wars, like uh the entertainment cabal has done like like irreparable damage to our like cultural zeitgeist watch putin though he could be like i'm actually a huge nostalgia nerd you know i grew up loving the ussr <laughs> and that's what i'm trying to bring back you know it's uh the ussr is like a multiverse of different countries and areas that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we need to we need to return to tradition and restore the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> trying to explain to people that he actually isn't trying to take over Ukraine. They're just doing a franchise reboot of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I literally a post just came up on my timeline of someone comparing like young Putin's physiognomy to uh young Voldemort oh, in the Harry Potter <laughs> like <laughs> the actor who plays like the young version of him in the half-blood prince oh it's uh it's 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 bleak out here <laughs> it, it really does sound just miserable especially you know as the wine moms are continuously fantasizing about whatever hot on a ukrainian pilot <laughs> will sweep them off their feet so then uh they, they can get away from the suburban hell uh it, it also is just you know so appealing to me to see that you know finally america is willing to welcome in these refugees from another continent yeah. <laughs> it's real progress it's literally that yeah it's it's so hacky at this point but it's literally that family guy meme of the like skin color at oh the god yeah yeah that's, <laughs> yeah that's unfortunately <laughs> uh god it's true it's true um well hey we got open borders now <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real grain of salt you know as i see what's taking place but uh it, it also makes it weird to be like well we're gonna focus on movie news but it makes it a lot easier when i'm looking and seeing that the number two movie at the box office right now is uh dog that channing tatum <laughs> dog movie <laughs> and i'm like yeah we're still like we're, we're getting all primed and ready with our soldier love taking place right now um <laughs> this this film has had surprising legs in the sense that it is now grossed more domestically than best picture nominees king richard drive my car and licorice pizza combined together so 
the cultural impact of dog is much wider than I think a lot of people want to try and give it credit for. And I haven't heard anyone talk about dog. So uh, congratulations to the silent majority once again. <laughs> yeah, it's the power of the dog, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't wait to launch a uh, Patreon-exclusive dog podcast. <laughs> you know that that would become like the most popular thing we would do. <laughs> we could uh, call it a podcast of a different breed, maybe. Uh, hey. <laughs> well, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. I don't want this to turn into to a Yellowstone concept where we commit <laughs> to every dog movie that's taken place spearheaded by this yeah, one. Yeah, we got, we got real stories to cover here. <laughs> yeah, real news of real things that take place. Like uh, this other trailer that dropped uh, for uh, Boz Lerman's Elvis, which is a musical biopic about the life of Elvis, but it's framed through his relationship with his manager this guy named colonel tom parker who is played by tom hanks who's giving like the most amazing fucking voice i think, I, I think ever he's heard supposed to film. be european right? i guess it just it's such a surreal kind of thing i i know nothing about uh the, the colonel himself i would assume it's colonel in name only kind of like a colonel sanders type situation <laughs> um but yeah i i, I mean it's just one of those things of where it's like, I guess this is the thing and way to phrase it to make Elvis compelling. Because uh, the director has also talked about how he wanted to overlay it against the backdrop of the evolving American cultural landscape and the loss of innocence. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh God. no. Uh, I, I can only imagine that uh, uh, America is getting involved in the Korean War in Vietnam as Elvis Presley is betting his cousin child bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, it had the voiceover of. Of, like the news events of like uh, MLK's assassination, JFK's assassination. Uh, but honestly, <laughs> this looks more like a vehicle for like Boz Luhrmann just to go crazy on like the 50s nostalgia aesthetics rather than like any sort of like deep uh, examination of the, the cultural evolution and loss of innocence that was concurrent with Elvis's music career. Remember when he did the fucking Great Gatsby movie and the soundtrack had a lot of Jay-Z? in it yeah yeah <laughs> maybe maybe let's tone it back i'm not saying his intentions are bad i just don't think the execution is going to be as profound as everyone thinks uh let me guess it, there's going to be a pivotal scene where elvis is confronted about how he's stolen a lot from black culture and he hasn't really given back to it how he's turned his back on an entire community that gave a lot to him uh, I don't know, probably also looking up that his manager was Dutch, so it's probably a reference point to you don't owe them anything. Uh, you're you. You came up from nothing. You had just as hard of a life <laughs> as, I don't know, Sammy Davis or whoever the fuck, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, Elvis is confronted about his cultural appropriation, and he winks at the camera and pulls a stem player out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis is wearing a mask and in the rafters of Mercedes-Benz Arena. He's refusing yeah. to talk to anyone. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he didn't die in that bathroom. He just he just holed up in the arena. He's he's still working on the ultimate album. Honestly, how great would that be if they they're like the true story of Elvis, and it just ends with him living in like Uruguay or somewhere? Yeah, he's 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 chilling with uh, Tupac in Cuba. <laughs> European Tom Hanks is talking about how he knows a lot of expatriates in Argentina who would love Elvis's music. Yeah, we we need oh. We, we need the modern adaptation where, like, yeah, European Tom Hanks grooms Elvis into being a femboy. <laughs> <laughs> and putting on the cat ears as he begins his live stream in front of 40,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think that's a better concept than whatever this movie is. So let's move on to the uh, the next trailer. It's for a film called Hustle. It's a uh, movie starring Adam Sandler, uh, where we follow a uh, burned out pro basketball scout who discovers an amateur Spanish basketball player playing outside of Madrid. And so the scout kind of takes him on and is trying to uh, mold him into becoming an NBA level prospect, which, uh, well, let, you know, let me ask you, Griff, what did you think about this movie based on the trailer? Uh, honestly, like I'm always here for Adam Sandler's dramatic roles. Like he does so few of them and he's clearly like very emotionally invested in the projects that he, d- that he does. Cause you know, he's, he's definitely like on record as being like a big basketball fan. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like the most unrealistic part of this is the fact that like you would discover a basketball player on the streets of Madrid. Uh, one of, one of my younger brothers did a year abroad there. And he said that he just like he 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 played basketball uh, in high school, and he said he just would absolutely clean up on the courts there. So, <laughs> no, no, for reference point, Griff's brother is also seven foot six with an eight foot wingspan. So, you know, a, a bit of a of a basketball <laughs> freak. You know, yeah, I'm I'm the manlet of of the family. <laughs> uh, in order to play good defense against your brother, it has to be two Spaniards. Like children with a trench coat standing on top of each other (laughs) to make it happen. Uh, God, it it just, you know, my opinion about this movie is, uh, again, it's fun to see it as a dramatic role. And it is weird to see like LeBron James being a a producer of this movie. But (laughs) like outside of the names, it doesn't feel like it's that unique of a storyline. Like it feels like this is just kind of a rather generic, like, you came from nothing. You got to prove that you're the best. Be the best basketball player ever. Become a quality bench player on the yeah. 76ers. <laughs> Rotational yeah. guy in case Embiid gets hurt. You know, uh, just something like that. Yeah, you, you know, uh, to trust the process, you need those role players to be able to come <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> How great would that be, actually? That That's the big reveal. It's like, congratulations, you've now made it onto the 76ers why because they thought i was good no they think you suck but they're currently tanking right now so you're about to get a whole (laughs) bunch of minutes (laughs) yeah this this definitely looks pretty uh generic as far as the underdog sports story where it's like oh you just to, to 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 make it you just uh need to want it more 
Um, but we, we, we haven't had a, like a, a mass, um, media product like valorizing the, 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 the struggle of the underrated European player to break into the NBA. So yeah. who knows? There might be some European yeah. player going up against all of these thugs <laughs> yeah. in the American yeah. League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, navigate those uh, potential potential pitfalls in the concept. Uh, God. All right. Well, uh, going from generic to overwhelming, I'm going to put it that way. Oh, my way. God. This trip. <laughs> it's for a movie called Father Stew. And, uh, Griff, I don't know if you, uh, when, when you looked up the trailer, uh, but in, in the link that I watched, at least, it was Mark Wahlberg giving like a 20 second introduction. Yeah, same. You know, why? Marky Mark in a stash. Yeah, being like, here's something I've always loved about the story of Father Stu. You're like, oh, 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 he's doing this because he's Catholic. Like, he, he wants this movie to do well. It's not him selling out. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I, I think there, there, there's a YouTube comment here that pretty much summarized this trailer as well as you could. Uh, quote, give the editors who made this short movie an Oscar. It was a bit jumpy, <laughs> but it was a great short film. <laughs> it, it truly is, uh, for anyone listening at home, uh, you watch this movie, you will be able to just tell your dad that you watched it when he asks and recommends this movie to you in about a year and a half when it shows up on TNT. Because, my God, this thing. It's Mark Wahlberg. He's playing a boxer who then uh, washes out of that, becomes uh, or like a wannabe movie star, uh, falls for a Catholic uh, a Catholic teacher. Uh, she teaches Sunday school or something. I, again, something in- incredibly <laughs> contrived. Uh, but then he gets into a car accident, and then... Um, he survives and is like, I've been given a second chance. I'm going to become a priest. And then he gets stricken down with an illness, which <laughs> is, I don't know, maybe that's a sign that you shouldn't be a Catholic priest there, Marky Mark. Yeah, but. I mean, you did skip over one aspect of it was that he gets baptized to get pussy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, that's just obligatory. You know, I, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's true of every Catholic guy, I think, out there. <laughs> And then he becomes a priest. Like, wait, aren't they not allowed to marry? Or is this like, like, what's going on here? Is this, is this some sex? She was that, that bad in bed. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, was yeah. he so bad? He decided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pussy's so bad. He, he 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 turns gay, and then he's like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I need to become a priest to cope. I'm gonna go talk to my father, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, Mel Gibson's in everything now. What's going on? I, like, I don't know, but let's keep in mind, this is the second time Mark Wahlberg has had Mel Gibson play his father, because he also was his dad in Daddy's Home, too. So he's <laughs> Who made... <can> forget? <laughs> Such seminal roles, right? But he's clearly either enjoyed working with Mel Gibson, or the studio execs were like, no, he's a believable character to play your father, and he's a big enough name so we're gonna do this all over again so yeah i guess he becomes a priest and then you know he becomes a a charismatic story about how you can 
stop having sex, decide to become a priest, and then still die. Congratulations. Yeah, you won. And then you get Mark Mark <laughs> to play you in the movie. <laughs> yeah, this like the impression I got from this trailer is like like what if like Joe Biden produced Boondock Saints? <laughs> Just like some like some like weepy Catholic shit where it's it literally tells the entire fucking story in the trailer. It's ridiculous. Like just literally if you're if you're at all interested in in this uh in just the humor of this premise, like watch this three minute th- fucking three minute trailer and uh you'll you'll be good to go. I cannot wait. Uh people are going to watch it, they're gonna go, huh. And they're going to move on, which I think is for the best because it gives us time to talk about this next trailer, which is a trailer I'm actually fucking stoked for. It's a movie called Alice. Hell yeah. Alice fucking rocks. Uh, It's a story about a slave in the antebellum South who escapes her secluded Georgia plantation only to discover a shocking reality uh, outside of the plantation that it's actually the year 1973. So uh, it's basically a speed run of the village. And then after that, you get like a black exploitation movie that stars Kiki Palmer in the role. And I fucking think that this looks awesome. This, this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for the village unchained. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely gonna happen. I mean, the second that I saw Johnny Lee Miller playing like the evil slave owner, I was like, oh, Common is gonna kill this motherfucker so bad. It's not gonna go well. Um one note I wanted to mention was that in the trailer, it does say that it was uh, in, in, inspired by true events. And I was like, oh, whoa, that seems amazing. Like, let me look it up. And then uh, on various websites, it still will say, like, Kiki Palmer to star in true story thriller Alice. But then when you click on it, you find out that the true story uh, that they're that they're basing it off of is just the fact that many black Americans were still enslaved even after the Emancipation Proclamation happened, which <sighs> yeah, like, it's it's not yeah that's really stretching the definition of like inspired by true events because yeah you're right like I mean the Emancipation Proclamation like the Emancipation Proclamation was like a military order and didn't free the slaves who were in the northern border states that remained in the Union and then of course like after the Civil War there there was the sharecropper system which was basically slavery so it's like it like spiritually it it, it tracks but it's definitely definitely a stretch to say like there actually was yeah exactly uh, keeping slaves on their like plantation compound in 1973 or whenever this takes exactly (laughs) and i certainly wouldn't phrase this as a true story thriller no i have the suspicion that the revenge part is not going to take up that much of the screen time it's probably going to be like the final act or something but i'm hoping the slave owner is using a flintlock pistol grift Common pulls out a desert eagle and yeah. Miller is still loading a lead ball. Yeah, he's like ripping open the gunpowder packet and like pouring it in and tamping it down and loading the musket ball. And- Common's just like watching him do that and like as soon as he's almost 
like finish. He just shoots him. <laughs> like he was just toying with him. <laughs> but let's move on. Plugs. What what have we got to plug right now? Let's see. Our our Patreon is happening at the moment. Uh, yes. It happens every week, wouldn't you know it? We've wrapped up season one of Yellowstone. Uh it's all in the book. So if anyone wants to catch up on season one, get to know the crazy cast of characters we have going on there, like an Egyptian pharaoh, a celibate but not gay politician, or a seven-year-old who fights wolves, uh, I encourage everyone to please go ahead and check that out, because that is uh, just an absolutely lovely time. Also, a reminder that once we hit 25 patrons, we're going to be doing uh, exclusive GigaCasts every week on the Patreon, and uh, I think that that should be fun for us to go ahead and check out. What about you, Grift? What's happening in the shop? So, uh, in response to current events, we have the Lethal Aid collection, which is now available. Uh, we got some, we got some uh, freedom vodka, yes, uh, shirts and hats and whatnot. You know, uh, f- fuck you, mean. We left the perks on the Don Bass. <laughs> Probably more stuff coming soon as the conflict develops and uh, various, uh, you know, ridiculous things happen. Um, there, there is. I can confirm that I am walking the walk. I, I am, am talking the talk. There is uh, Russian standard vodka now in my apartment. Uh, <laughs> it's being pulled from shelves everywhere, but we were able to. We able to snag some here um so yeah go go check that out uh <laughs> implementing and, uh, prohibition money, yeah. to support ukraine you love to see it yeah it's, uh... it's like you and i'm seeing a lot of like on the timeline a lot of like fucking people selling merch and then like sending the money to ukraine so they can like pay for missiles but do not worry none of this proceeds are going to be sent to ukraine uh <laughs> and, and now that russia has been kicked off swift i can't send it to i can't send it straight to daddy putin so uh, <laughs> it just yeah just 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 goes to me like normal uh our next trailer is for a film called panama i i want to say it like the van halen song i had to cut myself <laughs> off every time uh anyway this uh, uh movie panama a defense contractor hires an ex-marine to go to panama to complete an arms deal in the process he becomes involved with the u.s invasion of panama the reason i put this trailer in for us is that it's mel gibson as the defense contractor and cole hauser aka rip wheeler from yellowstone let's fucking go (laughs) rip time as the ex-marine so i'm not gonna say that there's like a movie we should probably review at a certain point but it, it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is absolutely right up our alley. Like just in time for World War Three, we get like this obvious imperial propaganda, uh, de- like you know, referencing contras and arms deals, it, and it, it takes place from <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> It's from the perspective of the CIA, and like it looks like it was shot like a network TV. Yes, show. this is like so a, I, th- I think this is like a 2013 <laughs> yeah. USA Network. You nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> it's- yeah. It's it's got the same sheen as like a burn notice or something. <laughs> it was filmed in a, like a Universal Studios. No, even worse, like a Universal Studios theme park i was i was about to say the back lot but no it's but they probably just use the woods <laughs> and coverage area to make that take place it is it, it's so weird to me when i'm watching this though because the film is called panama there's a line by one of the soldiers who says welcome to the jungle and yet i don't <laughs> think they're gonna have an 80s classic rock 
kind of soundtrack to this. And I honestly think that if they did, this would whip like 140% more. Like, I, I yeah, <laughs> just crank it to 11. Come on, what's stopping you? Because then it would have the sort of like tongue in cheek irony aspect that could make something like this work. But this just looks like a full throated endorsement of like American imperial hegemony. Like it just like if if the CIA didn't just outright produce this thing, like they were heavily consulted. I also uh, I, I think <laughs> that the defense contractor paid for this because like how many defense contractors do you know? Like actual contractors, not like the the people on the ground who are willing to go on the ground who talk like Mel Gibson like they're ultra badass and can like <laughs> kill someone in hand-to-hand combat absolutely not like I would love a just a historically accurate defense contractor like he's number crunching on an excel sheet finds out that you can save ten dollars of the US invades Panama on this day <laughs> and then <laughs> hires rip to just go ahead and do that uh god uh, yeah, but but instead we're making uh, we're we're getting uh, make Iran Contra great again. <laughs> uh, I you, you just look at the production and you immediately know that it's a lot of people tr- trying to break into the industry. They're taking whatever job they can get, whatever stereotype they have to portray. They'll just do that. Uh, feels feels bad for them, but it's okay. Uh, let's move into our next trailer. Uh, just for a real head trip of a movie, it's called Ultrasound, which uh, th- this is by a, uh, not necessarily a first time director, but definitely a new director. Uh, the basic plot of this is kind of hard to, to piece it all together, but uh, it's that after a guy's car breaks down, he has to go and spend a night at a local house that's close by. Uh, but then things get set into motion that alters all three individuals' lives. There's smash cuts to experimenting and uh, also about different perspectives and different realities. It's, it seems very fascinating to me on a narrative standpoint. And uh, it, I've heard some buzz about it being a look into uh, gaslighting, but as a horror movie, which I think could be interesting. Uh, again, just playing with the narrative form. Yeah, it's like in comparison to a bunch of these trailers that we've been covering so far today, like which had the very standard, like it literally laid out the three act plot structure. This was a very unsettling trailer. It was just like obviously like the premise itself is is meant to be like a mind fuck, but it was very like all over the place with its with its editing and its cutting and its jumping back and forth and like honestly had a very like unsettling vibe to it. Um, I was so, here for it. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah, it was, it was effective in that regard. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, another example of uh, Hollywood pushing cuckoldry. Uh, fellas, do not take that drink from the couple at the bar who digs your vibe. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, folks. Not even once. Not even Hi, once. Hi, stranger. Here is my <laughs> wife that could be my daughter. I need you to have sex with her. Congratulations. You have now had sex with her. I will now try and kill you. Thank you for the <laughs> Uh, one further thing I wanted to mention about this movie is that it it would not surprise me if I could watch this and I could be an hour into the movie and I couldn't tell if the movie just sucks or is amazing. 
Like I, I could see myself being confused about an hour into it, still being very conflicted and kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And um, I like I like those kinds of movies that make me have to chew and uh, think a little bit. So I hope it it keeps that up. I totally get that. What 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 you're saying about like like am I actually enjoying this or is it like constructed in a way that's just like a sort of mind fuck that's keeping my mind in this like busy box. And I'm like, not. it's like not actually a good product. In the trailer, when it says, like, if you like, I I forget what the movies were, one of them was Memento, which I'm like, yeah, of course. You mean that movie (laughs) that I enjoyed watching one time? And then, like, the second time I watched it, I started going, hey, wait a second. That doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. Why are they acting in this way? Uh, You know, uh, it just, uh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, no, I I just did side note. I had the exact same uh, experience when I went back and rewatched Memento because, like, uh, me, me and a friend were like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna watch a bunch of like classic epic bro movies to see if they hold up." And like, Memento was just kind of like it, like the the plot structure was the whole thing, and there really wasn't any like heart or reason to care about these people. Um, but it just it just like you know got off on the gimmick of its of its plot premise and like you know the the way the narrative was deployed. True himbo um, vibes so, though. Yeah. Tatted up guy yeah. Pierce being like, uh, my <laughs> wife, my dead wife. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about this next movie trailer we got. Uh, it's for a movie called Windfall, and God. Damn it, Grift. I hate Netflix so much, but every now and again, they give me a movie like this where I'm like, oh, well, all right, Netflix, I see your game. I guess I will watch this movie instead because it's uh, Jesse Plemons and his wife. Uh, He's a tech billionaire. They arrive at their empty vacation home, only they find out uh, that it's actually getting robbed by Jason Siegel. What the (laughs) fuck is happening here? My God. Yeah, again, another movie about um, uh, cuckoldry. Uh, Elon Musk and Grimes are turning a home intruder into their third. I don't know what's going on here, but it really seems like a trend. (laughs) Like The thing I like about this trailer is that it feels like they showed a lot from the different acts of the movie, but I'm still not sure in what order, what sequence is going to unfold. And I really yeah. appreciated that. And I think I'm not sure how good of a trailer this is or how good of a movie this is. Like, I'm not sure what to give a lot of credit to um, because yeah, it, it does seem like it, it runs the risk of being the very Triton kind of already conceived 9,000 times way of I'm a rich asshole. My wife is going to try and seduce you. My wife has seduced you. I am now having the upper hand insert plot reveal insert hidden thread that connects the two of us to a previous incident before blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it, it could have that danger. On the other hand, Every movie starring Jesse Plemons is getting best picture buzz. And so <laughs> like the the man is on a hot streak right now. Like I cannot fault him for the body of work that he is choosing for himself in terms of projects. So I I have to watch this. Yeah, they're going to like they're obviously playing into the like douchey tech bro archetype with his character. And then, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Jason Siegel's character is like the fucking like dirt bag out for revenge 
on him. <laughs> so it could go some interesting places. And yeah, the trailer didn't make it clear, like, at what point in the movie, like, does this, like, actually escalate to violence, which it, it clearly does. So it, it, uh, I, I don't know whether I'll be checking this out. Probably, uh, gonna, gonna wait for the reviews and see whether it's worth it. Cause then again, it is Netflix. And, uh, at, at this point, like, there isn't a lot of good stuff coming out from them besides that Kanye documentary which they bought which wasn't actually made I I was about to say did they make it or did they just give a boatload of cash to someone who thankfully is getting rewarded for like an 11 year bet you know uh, that they did or I forget how how many years does that documentary span all in all footage wise it's it's uh, oh footage wise it starts in like the early 2000s like 2002 god yeah yeah yeah, because 20 years yeah it's it's actually for the like it's actually like a really good documentary and like particularly as you know myself like a like young artist who moved to the city for like the the scene and connections and whatnot it's like following that time in his life so it was very like inspiring and relatable in that sense but that's sort of beside the point <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for you to find your kim kardashian uh it's what oh god what yeah. a time what a time uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I can't cannot wait to jo- uh, join the Illuminati. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, a, a lot of things left for the grift. Oh boy! Well, uh, l- let's go from talking about uh, Illuminati conspiracies to other conspiracies, and then that's the man, man. Uh, l- let's talk about uh, this uh, next trailer. It's for Firestarter. Uh, it's an adaptation of the 1980 Stephen King novel. Uh, it was made into a movie in 1984, but this is a reboot of the uh, of the movie or you know an adaptation of the novel, however you want to view it. But the basic premise is that two parents have been on the run for about a decade. Uh, they're trying to hide their daughter from the shadowy evil government because uh, when she gets moody, she can create fire and explosions and potentially <laughs> a, uh, just be a weapon of mass destruction. And so uh, as she's turning 11 and, you know, puberty is gearing up, things are harder to control. Uh, and then when uh, the government, I believe, takes away the money mother that is when uh, charlie starts to just uh spaz out and want to go into a full-blown uh dark phoenix mode to make an excellent <laughs> comparison so <laughs> yeah yeah um and, and like i don't know whether you picked up on this too but you know given some recent developments in the uh you know state state laws from from your state and then given like the lines like oh we need to you need to hide your true self and then the next like scene taking place at a bathroom uh there's some certain uh modern uh parallels that weren't uh, that weren't really around when this like f- novel and, and film originally i, came I out. completely so agree griff yeah. the symbolism for yeah. being a christian in today's society that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the most persecuted minority <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the silent majority, that they're, they're the persecuted majority. <laughs> uh, you're right, though. You're right, though. I think that this would be uh, an excellent uh, way for them to be drawing and pulling on these themes. You know, um, I, I've always kind of had this thought that Stephen King's uh, angry child, powered child kind of storylines are kind of how 
X-Men movies should have been made because, you know, if you want a dark, gritty world, it is objectively terrifying, you know, what Harry can do, <laughs> yeah. what Charlie can do, etc. And so uh, creating a, a X-Men world using that as kind of your blueprint, I thought would be very fun. Um, one thing I did. No, that, I, yeah. I, oh, just sorry. I, I just wanted to agree with you there. Like, I really think like the X-Men movies, they, they should not go into like the, oh, we're at Hero Academy, but instead kind of lead into like the, 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 the sort of horror vibes of, you know, like a, 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 just imagine being a kid and then like having this, you know, terrible power and it not being able to control it. Like there's, there's definite, there's, there's some definite like, like horror to it, but instead it, the series sort of glosses over and, and, and turns it into like almost like a Harry Potter knockoff. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, as now the Harry Potter allegories are getting made about Ukraine, I'm not sure we want a successful X-Men franchise so that within 30 years from now they can be like, oh, he's just like Scott Summers leading a plucky group of underdogs against an authoritarian oh, regime. Oh, oh no, they they better, you know, the because the fucking like first class and the that other one where they do the historical events, like they in in 30 years they better not fucking put like the x-men kids like defending the, the ukraine from the russian invasion oh no no, no. Like, that's geez. stranger things that's the plot of stranger things uh, the upcoming season i think so don't worry about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing i wanted to mention uh, at least in the book i'm not sure if they're going to touch on it in the uh in the movie uh for firestarter is that uh both of the parents were mk ultra experiments um, in the book, because again, book came out in 1980, 10 years ago would have been, uh, you know, 1969. And so it kind of fit that timeline with the book. I'm not sure what they're going to be in the movie here, but that's why the government feels like they have a right to this child as property and also why the government is legitimately freaked out at the idea of the kid is a walking nuke and doesn't quite realize it so yeah so she would uh, qualify as an mk ultra victim you, uh, you might case. say uh, griff.shop go buy the shirt <laughs> <laughs> hey hey it's all about cross-pollinating cross-promotion here on this program <laughs> we're trying to make this happen um <laughs> at least until uh the the, the russian paycheck clears and then we'll complain because <laughs> yeah. apparently their their uh <laughs> currency value goes down when they invade countries which crazy that's beta shit uh it should be like the u.s dollar which gets more valuable the more we uh commit imperialism overseas but you know whatever it's fine <laughs> um so uh in terms of what is happening next week of course the batman is coming out but i wanted to highlight this other film it's uh we got a trailer for it it's coming out on hulu and it's called fresh and it stars sebastian stan and kind of a rom-com kind of role uh, it's a woman who's had trouble dating and she's uh not really finding someone who interests her she's being a little burnt out and then she meets a uh sebastian stan being his super charming self and he turns out to be a cannibal so we get to watch their uh unusual romance and his unusual appetites take place all over i thought that this was just a delightful oh it's on hulu cool i'll check that out or maybe not kind of movie damn i can't believe they already like produced the movie about what if west elm caleb was army hammer <laughs> 
<laughs> that just summed it up right there. Cute little button, just boink. Yeah, that's that's all that needs to be said here, really. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I'm so surprised. Is Sebastian Stan going to be able to get out of the Marvel Disney machine completely? Because, like, he did the Pam and Tommy limited series as well. You know, he, he got his uh, Winter Soldier paycheck and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier paycheck uh, after that. Um, it seems like he's able to still do these other things because he's not having to head up a whole Disney franchise. I think that that kind of makes him a huge winner in this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to see uh, the actors being able to escape the uh, Disney Marvel plantation, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Get out while you still can. <laughs> it's 1973 on the other side. Uh, now I'm just picturing. <laughs> you can make your passion projects. <laughs> uh, how how great do you think? Uh, uh, I'm just now wondering that as an actual premise for a movie, like a franchise movie star who's not happy in his superhero role he somehow is able to walk out and then go back to the 1970s where then you know he's able to star in all of these like compelling dramas or whatever but no one sees them and has no cultural relevance and you know he's not actually that good of an actor but he's able to get six pack uh, so that's why Disney likes him so much but you know yeah but then like then it's like a time travel thing too where the but somehow the movies that he makes go on to become cult classics that then influence the very like inception of the franchises that he that he that he originally started that's why he got cast is because a little boy watched that and thought oh i want to hire a guy who's uh, that kind of an actor. Uh, all right, Chris Pratt. Let's call him up. Let's let's get the spec script <laughs> sold to him. <laughs> fucking. Sh- I think we're onto something yeah, here. Shit this out on Amazon Studios or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Amazon has the worst selection of any streaming service. Hey, we we've been looking for something to pitch the Daily Wire, and and what better than something to critique the current uh, entertainment industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I think that, though, is going to be an episode. So, just nice and lovely, able to tie it all up with a bow. So, uh, until next time, bye, everyone. Peace. Peace.